I'm going to get started now. Um, everybody that's going to be here, hopefully, is here. Um, I'm going to talk about A-B testing, but before I get started, uh, I want to talk a little bit about why A-B testing. So, how many of you in the room that are paying attention right now are doing A-B testing? Um, you can reach me at Christopher. All right, that's quite a bit of people. How many of you are thinking about doing A-B testing but haven't ran a test yet? Great, okay. So, the reason I like to A-B test is because that's how you get growth. Uh, and growth is a result of A-B testing. So, just wanna come out and say that now. You'll see this graph again later. This is from Hugh McLeod. He was, I think, making fun of growth, but it is true. Um, one of our values at my company, I'm wearing the logo, uh, the company's called Kissmetrics. We do analytic stuff, help people measure A-B tests and metrics and stuff like that. You might have heard about it. Uh, is uh, be better than yesterday. And to me at the core, uh, A-B testing, experimentation, a lot of the stuff I'm gonna talk about just helps you be better because it, you really shouldn't be in business if you're not trying to be better every day. And I'm gonna go through a whole bunch of, really quickly, uh, some tests that I've run uh, this year and what results uh, my team and I have gotten on these. These are all different businesses. So one of these is a business called Lowar and we were able to get a 40% improvement on people installing our JavaScript after they signed up. Uh, another one of my businesses, Kissmetrics, uh, we were able to, on our features page, get a 45% improvement on people signing up just by changing some copy around. At my other company, Kissmetrics, I'm sorry, Crazy Egg, uh, I have a few of these, uh, we were able to uh, increase our video, uh, sorry, increase our sign-up conversion rate, and this is all the way to people putting in a credit card uh, for a free trial, because we asked for the credit card first, uh, by 64% just by showing them this specific video on the homepage. And if you are squinting, I can see there's a link here in, in a lot of these to more information, um, but this slides will be online too, but I, I always link to a case study or more information if I can. And then at Crazy Egg, another thing we did is we, we had, uh, this is the credit card collection, the credit card information collection page, so it's for a software as a service product where people sign up online for a trial. And we added, uh, you can notice a lot of what, what I call noise, but it was good noise. Uh, so you have a bunch of stuff at the top and a bunch of logos on the side, but we have this like one, two, three, four, uh, sort of risk-free trial and more information about the risk-free trial. Uh, and that actually increased the credit card collection by 116%. So we basically got double the people and then some to fill out the credit card just by adding this. Uh, but at Kissmetrics, what I'm, one of the things I want to talk about briefly is we had a series of failed experiments. And these are actually, each of these dots represents a month. And the line represents our sign-up conversion rate. And so there's these three months in the middle where we were seeing very, very little wins on our AB test. We did have some wins, but they weren't very exciting. And then, obviously, there is a up and to the right on this graph. You'll notice after that, we were able to get very significant wins, even better than before. And so during that period where we were not getting that many wins, we had one out of five tests uh, basically winning. And that's usually what I see in most companies, if not worse. So one out of 10 of your AB tests actually caused you to win. That means all the rest of them are causing you money, and that's obviously a problem. So, what we do now, ever since uh, we implemented some of the stuff I'm gonna talk about, and we started doing these things a little bit differently, 
but we get 1.67 out of five tests to win. So this is five of our last 15 tests have won. Uh, and this was a few weeks ago, so we've already ran some more tests. And this rate, you know, my target on our team is to get this to two or three. Uh, and, and we do measure this and try to do this. We don't believe three is possible because you might not be taking enough risks if too many of your tests are winning, to be honest, but that's a different story. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that winning period and sort of uh, present to you what happened during that period really briefly. So this is our current homepage. If you go there now, our headline's a little bit different, and I'm not here to talk about that, but that one's winning now, so you know it's, it's good. Uh, but this one is a headline. It says, Google Analytics tells you what's happening. Kissmetrics tells you who's doing it. And it's a headline that we came up with over 18 months ago, and we haven't been able to find a winner for that long, just because, I guess, I, I, I made it up, actually. I, I guess it's not good, I'm not good, right? Um, but uh, I, I'm, I'm excited right now because we found a winner uh, that's actually beating uh, this. But that's not what I'm here to talk to you about. So we were able to, just on our homepage, which gets most of our traffic besides our blog at Kissmetrics, we were able to get a 300% improvement in our conversion rate through a series of these tests. And I, I pointed out all of them, but I'm going to talk through them. So if you look here, there's a blue button. And that blue button, if you click it, you literally are thrown over to your Google authentication flow and you're basically signing up with Google. Now, if any of you, have any of you gone through that flow before? Not, not on our site, but on other sites where you hit a blue button and then you have to some of you. So it's like, basically you don't have to type anything and the service you're logging into gets your email address and lots of other info, um, obviously with your permission. So it's, it's a click, click awesome experience, as I call it, and you're able to enter your, uh, your email in. So when we did that, before the previous uh, sort of version, it had a 60% improvement uh, on our signups. Then we had, uh, we tested the copy on the button, and that had a 29.7% improvement. The insight we learned there is we tried sign up with Google, with your Google account, sign up with Google Analytics, uh, and, and then what ended up working was log in with Google, uh, and that had that 30% improvement compared to uh, what we had previously, which was something a lot longer and complicated. Another improvement, which is a little counterintuitive, but we had some tests in some other areas that proved this, but basically we had people enter in their URL, and it says your website URL in the box before they even hit the button. And that was a 36.5% improvement in conversion rate. And then, uh, and that one's counterintuitive just because it's like, we already made it so you don't have to do much to get through the funnel and get to the next step, and we're adding some friction because you have to type this in, but apparently, uh, it was good friction, I guess, which happens sometimes. Uh, and then at the bottom, that's actually where you can get more information about the product, and it's like a, a features page. And we just said, want a three minute overview of Kissmetrics, click here. And we even tested the copy, but that ended up being an 11% boost in our conversion rate. So this is how we got a total 314% improvement, and how we started really scaling uh, our signups really fast earlier this year. And the big thing that allowed us to do that is, Prior to this, we were just deploying a lot of tactics, things we learned, things we thought were intuitive, and we didn't actually have as, as clear of a process. We were still pretty good at A-B testing, but we weren't getting as many of these wins as we could, or the wins were very small. Um, so the, the thesis that I'm gonna give you, and what I'm gonna talk about for the rest of the time, is how you can improve your process and your growth, I'm sorry, how you can improve experimentation and get more wins just by process. Uh, if you want tactics, uh, you can go to kiss.ly slash CRO resources, and that's like a big bit.ly bundle with lots of tactics. 
But I'm not here to talk about tactics, but I know everyone asked me about them, so I want to make sure you have a place to go in case you want more tactics. Lots of them. Um, there's a book, Lean Analytics. I'm mentioning the book because I think it's awesome, but I also think it's pretty thorough. And uh, they have this process in there called the Lean Analytics Cycle. Uh, and it's like a workflow uh, flowchart diagram. And again, I think it's awesome, but it's got a lot of boxes and a lot of things to look at and understand. So I personally went in and broke it down to four steps. And I'm gonna talk about those four steps. So metrics, hypothesis, experiment, and then act. And I know at this conference, you probably are partly bored to death about some of these things. So I'm gonna try to be a little more original and talk about uh, things other people have not. And if I talk about something I think someone else has, I'll go faster. So metrics, figure out what to improve, obviously. Normally in this section, I would tell you about reports and all that kind of stuff. Uh, a couple of my companies do create analytics reports to help you understand your, your customers better, uh, but I won't be doing that in this talk because this talk is about process. So the first thing is you want to find opportunities based on volume. And uh, the question I just asked any company or even that I would encourage all of you to ask yourselves as you're getting into sort of the future testing you do is where do you have the most of X? Visitors, users, customers, emails, or even notifications. And this is a great way to start thinking about where can I run tests that I'm gonna see gains fast uh, uh, or even effective gains. Because a lot of times people will run tests on, on areas that just don't matter because they don't have much volume. Uh, so here's some common areas. Uh, website traffic, so wherever you're getting the most traffic. Uh, landing pages, home pages, those tend to be typically places where you get traffic. Some people have uh, popular blogs like a few of my businesses. That's great. Uh, one place I don't see enough people testing is our welcome emails. So everyone that signs up for your service, they get a welcome email. You should be testing that email. Uh, web, mobile, onboarding. So everyone that signs up or installs an application, they go through a tutorial, as mentioned in the earlier talk, or onboarding, depending on what type of product you have. That's a great place. Email digests. A lot of companies send weekly digests. Uh, you can test those. You're probably sending a lot of those if you are sending them. Uh, notifications uh, are another one. Uh, cart funnel abandonment. A lot of times people will add something to a cart and then abandon it. A lot of times people will um, open, get to a credit card screen and a SaaS product or another product and then they'll abandon. So those are all the opportunities uh, where you probably have volume and, and a good place to start. And one that I really like, and this is the last sort of one for a reason, but it's likely that in your business you have more people that have left than people that signed up at some point. And, at that, and before that, ideally, you should be thinking about how do I bring those people back? In a consumer internet business, you can say they're just dormant users, they still have an account, but they never come back. Uh, in a SaaS subscription business, it can be people who, if you have a free plan, just don't use the free product, or people who, uh, on a paid plan, ended up canceling. So th those are some of your best opportunities. Um, at Kissmetrics, I know I mentioned the case study before, but I am overlaying uh, signups in green and then overlaying visits in red. What we were able to do based on this process that I described, we knew one of the biggest opportunities for sign up for us was our homepage. That's where most of our traffic comes for our marketing site. And so we started, we obviously started running a lot of experiments, but as we were running these experiments, Google was not very friendly to us. Uh, we have since recovered and they had some Google updates and they actually started uh, giving us less uh, search traffic. And we actually were still able to increase signups more than ever. Uh, even though we were getting less traffic. And that was because of this process and the idea that we focused on the high volume areas of our business. Um, an another quick tip on the metric side is you wanna find opportunities where 
you're able to actually get a compounding increase. So if you, from the first dot to the last dot, if this is the number of trial signups, which it is, uh, we had a th over a thousand percent increase in trial signups. This is about a 12 month period. So hypothesis, that's the next uh, sort of part of this process. Um, I won't tell you how to create better hypotheses. I know there's been a lot of talk about assumptions, hypotheses, and things like that at the conference, so I'm gonna skip that. I also won't tell you about tools, but there's actually Dan McKinley who talked earlier today. Did any of you attend his talk at all? Okay, cool, so I'm gonna talk. Okay, great, I'm glad I asked. Uh, so you should definitely check out his deck. I was not able to attend his talk either, but I heard it was awesome, plus I think he talked about this. So what he talks about is the idea of using equations, so it's basically simple math. Uh, they're not formulas, they're just equations to help you assess the potential impact of any of your ideas. So here, if you, you know, this is, uh, he's, uh, he was working at Etsy at the time when he sort of came up with this. Um, he basically saying one of his, it was visits times conversion rate times the order value, so like the average order value, times what they believe was the potential lift of an experiment uh, equals sort of the potential impact. And then the, the other experiment he had was users, so number of users exposed to something times order value times resurrection rate, because this was something about resurrecting users, uh, equals the potential impact. Uh, he actually built this tool called an experiment duration calculator. It's experimentcalculator.com. That'll tell you how long a test will have to run based on an equation like that. Uh, and that first idea he had, uh, he put it in the experiment calculator once he did the math, and he came up with, you should run this experiment for six years, 10 months, and 26 days. So it's probably not an experiment you should run. Uh, the second one, though, uh, is the one that got me excited, uh, at least from a wind perspective, and basically, based on the resurrection rate and the hypothesis and the modeling they did, they believed that they could sell $8,000 more in product uh, every day, if it worked. Uh, and so that's the one that they decided to do, and I believe it was a win. So on this note, uh, the one thing I would say is what you're really trying to do is prioritize your experiments. Uh, I mentioned compound interest earlier. And so that's the idea that if something has a relatively medium potential impact, but it's really, really easy for an engineer to do, like an hour or two of time, you should probably prioritize that higher than something that has a high potential impact, but also a high amount of time to do. The reason is, when it comes to compound interest, it's just like the fact that you're getting 10% interest every month or whatever it is, it compounds. And so whatever metric you're trying to improve, like signups or whatever, purchases, they'll continuously improve at that rate uh, with your testing. Obviously all the caveats are your significance level and making sure you're you know, watching that and your testing methodology, but from a prioritization standpoint, don't just ignore the ones that are easy to do that might just be a small lift. They are still worth doing. At Kissmetrics, we went a little further and kind of combined both of the ideas. We have a formula that we use to determine the average increase in MRR uh, for any test. And so these are a bunch of tests that we're running and the rest of it's fake data or that we're trying to run. And then we just do a simple uh, one to three of difficulty. So one is hard, two is medium, three is easy. Uh, and then we also do a priority. So priority is really for us like how important is it? Um, and we found that better for us than uh, potential impact. And so it's a one is low, two is medium, three is high. And then basically, we, we just multiply them together and we figure out what, what the potential value of a test is to impact our business down to the dollar value. So we've sort of taken the equation uh, or, the, or the formula and then sort of made another formula out of it to just help us prioritize these tests. 
And uh, yeah, it's been really useful in helping us figure out what should we work on, what's gonna have the biggest potential impact. Experiment, so that's the sort of third part of this process. Uh, I'm not gonna show you how to set up experiments. This is a screenshot from one of my businesses, Hello Bar, in Optimizely. So that's just easy now, uh, thanks to Optimizely. Uh, how many of you know what an AA test is? Really, okay, cool. So I'm gonna teach you something, that makes me proud. All right, um, you don't have to squint. Both of these are exactly the same. What an AA test is, is basically testing A and A again with half the traffic uh, for both. So you're basically testing the same thing. And you might be looking at me like you're like I'm funny because I'm, I'm telling you to do this. But let me tell you why. So uh, <laughs> that's my daughter when she was a little bit younger. She sometimes gives, gives me that look and scares me. So uh, you don't want your boss to give you that look. That's the idea here. And then you don't want to be crying. And the reason is um, I've hit this a lot of times in my own life because uh, uh, for a while I was responsible for a lot of the testing. Uh, just like the earlier uh, sort of uh, speaker, uh, he was saying how he was doing a lot of measure and learning. I was that, that person for a while, uh, and, and yeah, that's not good, but anyway, that's a different story. And so what I would do is I'd run an A-B test, and then I'd just figure out that once, once I made, once something won, and we made it work 100% of the time, it didn't have the same results as it did when we were testing it. And so then we started running these AA tests every now and then, and we were able to find all these weird technical issues with our A-B testing, like the way we implemented it, some engineer and how they exactly did the split of A and B, and not, not being random, or all kinds of other problems. So I would encourage all of you to run an AA test. Another thing that I've learned from AA tests is that every uh, business, once you hit some level of traffic, it has a very consistent pattern in the conversion rate. So it's like, you're watching an AB test, and I call it like a horse race, right? Because you're like betting on a horse, and like people have opinions and all that, obviously. And you're just watching one win, and then the other one will win, and then the other one will lose, and like you, you, you get to see all this. But if you do an AA test, you're, and literally, it's like it's the same thing, but one's winning, or one's losing, or whatever. And that'll help you understand how your traffic patterns and your, your, your visitors uh, actually impact uh, how long you should wait for a test. So these days, I can try to, if I could, I, I, I can, but I, I've, blo I've, I've blocked off the, 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 the area in our admin and stuff like that where I can look at the test for a certain amount of time just because it's like futile. It's like, it doesn't matter. Uh, so, you know, I already talked about learning your conversion patterns, so that's what I was talking about. Um, and this is another tip. So, uh, I've been thinking about this idea a while because I would uh, talk to a company, advise a company, and I would see something really interesting where they have these long pages or, or they have these pages with these elements on them. And then I'm like, well, why does that, why do you have that element there? Why do you have that video there? And they couldn't give me an answer, uh, at least one that satisfies me, which is, it works well because it increases our conversion rate or something like that. So I came up with this idea of te sensitivity testing. So uh, this is an example from Unbounce, uh, one of their landing pages that has pricing on it. And so all I did was, okay, what are, what are things on the page that we don't know if, it, if we need it or not? Uh, and can we test those? And these are some of the fastest tests to run, especially with a tool like Optimizely. So you go look at the graphic, and I'm like, oh, the graphic. Who knows if that graphic matters? Because it's communicating something how do we know that it's working or not, or whether we should spend more energy on it? And so I would just remove it and then get a variation and pop up an A-B test with the same thing except that graphic removed. Another example, this is one of my favorites, is trying to figure out if social proof matters for your business. And uh, I might be a little uh, cynical about this, but every site I go to has logos of their customers, and those customers are 
you know, like the same, like for lack of a better word. Like it used to be a time when you could put a bunch of enterprise customers on your SaaS website and it was awesome because nobody had those customers either. Uh, but that's not the case anymore. And so uh, this is one of my favorite tests, which is like, does it even matter that we have logos on our site? Do people care? And obviously you can say, hey, there's a qualitative effect to it and all this stuff, but at the end of the day, if it's not improving these signups, then we need to revisit it and think about it a different way. So this is an easy test too. Look at the page, find those elements. In this case, social proof, remove them, see what happens. Uh, and then the last section, but not least, is act. So basically decide what to do next. Um, I'm not gonna teach you how to analyze test results. There's lots of content out there, and I'm sure someone's talked about it at this conference already. Uh, but the thing I am gonna talk to you about is this idea of a, of a playbook. So I'm gonna read through these really quickly, but this is literally from an internal wiki at Kissmetrics of what we document for each test. So each test needs these nine things. A starting hypothesis, dates for when you ran the test or are running the test, screenshots of the control and all variations used during the test, the expected change in conversion, the probability of the change, this is your testing significance and all that once the test is done, uh, screenshot of the raw data used from the analytics system or whatever you're using in the analysis you did to come to the conclusion, a screenshot of the AB test report in Kissmetrics, so we have an AB test report in our product uh, that we use and customers use, and then the decision you made from the test, and my favorite is what you learned from the test. And before we really got really good at this process, even though we tend to be very lean in our stuff uh, as a lean startup, as we do stuff, we actually didn't have the what you learned from the test, and that was uh, a mistake, but we added that. Uh, and uh, again, carrying carrying over from on the learning side and. We actually create uh, experiment checklists as well, and we put those in our playbook. Uh, and basically an experiment checklist just answers the question of what learnings do we want to carry over from the past into future tests? And the whole goal here was we had decreasing conversion rates before, and then I would look at or audit some of these tests, and we didn't really have good documentation at the time on like prior tests and all that, uh, mainly because I was doing it and I was doing a lot of things. Uh, but that's just an excuse. But, um, we would basically make the same mistake again. So we learned something one, but yet we would test it again. Or we learned something one, uh, or, or lost, or whatever, and then it wouldn't be in the next test. So here's an example of an experiment text checklist. This is roughly what we have for our homepage, actually, roughly. Uh, one is leave the footer links, auto-focus on the first form field, do not include social proof, link to the features page, use login, copy the button. And it isn't, this checklist isn't to mean that like, oh, you know, uh, you have to follow these rules. It's more like if you are gonna change or do something different from some of these rules, you better have a good reason why. So you better have qualitative data or some strong intuition or change in like strategy or something like that as to why we're doing that. And uh, that's been sort of uh, our, our learnings and our approach uh, to uh, process on A-B testing. Uh, again, it's metrics, hypothesis, experiment, act. There's a bunch of slide share, slideware that I put up on like the details of sort of the, 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 the guts of, of the tactics, but this was really about the process. I haven't really shared much about the process, and I thought this was a great place to do that, considering more than half of you already are doing A-B testing. And I think the next level is, this is, I would call it intermediate to advanced, depending on how you want to think about it, uh, on the kind of things you need to do to get a better process and get better growth. Um, so a couple lessons, three of them. If you're not testing, you're not learning. I'm at the Lean Startup Conference, so I'm not gonna go there. Uh, but you get it. Always have tests running no matter how small. So uh, one of my friends, I was describing this and, and he was telling me that it's like, oh, so you, you never drop the baton. So when you do a, a rally race or whatever they call them, 
uh, you're passing the baton from one runner to another. And so the whole theory is don't drop the baton. Always make sure you have a test running, no matter how silly it is, even if it's just a sensitivity test like I mentioned earlier in one of my examples, or even like sometimes I'll just bold the word. And the only reason is that there's always a test running, always something to look at. Um, and that's, you know, because sometimes you just stop testing for whatever reason you're waiting. Don't wait, you know, until you, until you have a system of having tests lined up, you probably should be running small tests as well, all the time. Uh, again, if you don't have a process, you won't continuously improve. Um, and continuous improvement is really what it's all about because that's what will get you to grow. So I encourage you to think about what your process should be for testing and experimentation and come up with uh, a process that works for your company. That's it. That's my email, my Twitter handle, and always here to help. Thank you.